0: Hey folks, welcome back to the culture Jack podcast. I'm your host today, Dustin. This is the second episode that you're going to get here on Wednesday for a special midweek episode, a a midweek special. And we haven't done one of these for a while. And now all of a sudden we're giving you two. Of course, that is to make good on the promise of that we made you before that we were going to dive into the Justice League movie and talk a little bit about why why it was so universally lampooned why it was the disgraced stepchild of the DCEU i mean only only replacing the previous disgraced stepchild of Batman versus Superman And so earlier today, you did get an episode from Anthony, uh, the A-side tape, as he was calling it, on his perspectives of Justice League. Now, both of us went back and watched the film and we wanted to kind of do a recap on what we think were some of the inadequacies of the movie. And in watching it again, I just I want to say that. It's not that bad. Like, it's not that bad of a movie. I thought it was okay. I thought the action sequences were pretty dang good for the most part. Yeah, there's some inconsistencies in in character, in humor, in dialogue. And so I made kind of a pro and con list. I And I got some of the cons off of the internet. Some of the things that, that people didn't care about. As much about the Justice League, people that care much more about this kind of commentary than I do. And so I thought I'd just go down uh, down my list here and talk about some things, talk about some things I didn't put on my list. So hopefully I remember what those are. But before I get into this list and into what I think are the good, the bad, and the ugly of the original 2018 Justice League, what we will... Heretofore uh, call the Joss Whedon Justice League because we now have or will have tomorrow a Zack Snyder Justice League. So before I get into that, I want to remind you that this show, the Culture Jacked podcast, now is the host of five regular episodes every week. Starting on Monday with Monday Madness onto Thursday, the News Desk. Friday the Friday show, Saturday on today's episode, and then Sunday wrapping up your weekend nicely with the Weekend Wire. And then every so often you're going to be gifted with a show like this, a midweek special, something that we thought that we should put together. Now this show, this midweek special, or these two episodes, A-side and B-side of the Justice League review, are only going to be the precursor for what's going to happen next week, where... Anthony and myself get together and after we have watched the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League we will then determine whether or not it was a good choice whether or not the (laughs) the film was successful in its increased budget increased runtime and weighty expectations like there are a lot of people that are putting a lot of expectations on this movie and so we'll see in our conversation, whether or not they, uh, that the movie that fulfilled those expectations. And in this episode, I'm going to give you some of my expectations, some of my uh, worries, my concerns, and some of my hopes that they fix it. Because like I said, it's not that bad a movie. Um, I just was starting off at the beginning of the movie. Wonder Woman had a fight with some terrorists. They were taking over a building. She disarmed them, tossed a bomb that they were going to blow up these people into the sky, and then they went to shoot her. And the thing about Wonder Woman that I don't know if, because there's not that interconnectivity that there is in the MCU, that there's not a real consistent character design. And I don't think it's illustrated better anywhere uh, other than this wonder woman scene because she moves so quickly to protect these hostages from getting shot up by the terrorists now i have to tell you a little bit about something that's been happening to me lately now this is a little embarrassing but it needs to be said so i have always been a person that gets hyped up about a good action sequence in a movie like i get really jazzed about it and i've always been one to to get goosebumps and to scoot to the edge of my seat and to jump up and down and to jitter and to clap and to hurrah loudly at the screen sometimes if I can. And as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm noticing that this is manifesting itself in a very bizarre way. I, <laughs> the first time it really happened was there was an episode in Game of Thrones where the dragons for the first time revealed in all of their glory, they barbecued an entire contingent of soldiers in the ditch. And I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes and they, and they overflowed down my, down my cheek and face. And it wasn't because it like, it was a sad, terrible scene, but I was so overcome with, the set piece. I was so overcome with the, I guess, just the grandiose nature of these giant dragons burning these men to a crisp. And ha- what a privilege it was that I am able to take in such art. And it, it, it doesn't happen to me very often. It happened to me again, watching the Mandalorian where, uh, I I think they were, they had just driven the explosive cargo into the hold. They were welcomed with open arms by the soldiers and then they were fighting the soldiers and it was a very well choreographed fight scene. Might have been in the episode prior to that before they kidnapped Grogu. But I, I, I was running on the treadmill and I was watching this and tears just filled my eyes. I began to laugh hysterically and then cry and it was just... I don't know what's going on with me and my emotions, but maybe I'm getting more sensitive as the the older I get. However, in this movie, not every action set piece, not every altercation between the good guys and the bad guys got me to this hypersensitive state where I was just weeping and bawling and laughing like a madman. However, the fight at Themyscira when Steppenwolf invaded Themyscira to take the mother box and he fought the Amazons and the Amazons are fighting him off with bows and arrows and swords. And then the queen of the Amazonians, she grabs the mother box and she runs out. And the Amazon women are breaking down the pillars to collapse the cave in on themselves to, to sacrifice themselves to protect the mother box from Steppenwolf. And he eventually breaks out of the catacomb and he runs after him and there's a horse chase and they're on horses and they shoot an arrow as they tie it to a mother box and shoot it to another. And eventually he gets the mother box. But their effort and that set piece, it drew these tears to my eyes once more. There wasn't another scene in this particular version, this Joss Whedon cut of uh, the Justice League that did that. However, there was a scene. And so by that credit alone, by the very merit of that one single scene in this, I feel like... It has, it has tugged on a certain emotional string that I think if you, you weren't able to tug on that, the movie would be worthless in, in that regard. Not to say that every movie does that. I don't know. I'm talking in circles. So uh, I like the history of the Mother Boxes uh, when they talked about the gods and the Atlanteans and the humans and the Amazons all... Combining forces and finding that unity to to fight off Steppenwolf and prevent the unity from happening with the Mother Boxes. So I thought that was all all really good. Uh, I still I like the Batman character, Batfleck. I like the way that they have developed the atmosphere around him. So they have pitched him in this movie against some really awesome silhouettes. Like he oftentimes is in a very comic book-esque pose. And though he, is, of course, is the weakest of these superheroes, he's got probably the biggest brain tactics that there are with them, he is the physically weakest one of the bunch. And so I like those pairings between Atmosphere and the Batman. They were very, very good. Um, As far as other characters go, uh, Anthony talked about how he was kind of disappointed in Cyborg um, a little bit in the way that Batman was acting. I, I, I love Batfleck. I will say it loud. I was so proud. He makes a wonderful Batman. Maybe not as great of a Bruce Wayne, but he makes a wonderful Batman. I love Wonder Woman, uh, even though 1984 was kind of a flop. Urza um, Miller's Flash was pretty good. I I always think of The Flash as a much more confident character and much more cocky character. And yes, he had the jokes, he had the laughs, but he wasn't that cocky, confident version of The Flash that Anthony and I watched back when we watched the Justice League animated show. Uh, so those were some of the really good notes. Um, the way they brought back Superman and, of course, Mustache Gate, where... Uh, Henry Cavill was filming, was it the Was it a James Bond movie? He was filming another film, and he had to have a mustache, and he didn't shave it off, so they CG'd it out. Now, this movie, the Snyder Cut, did have an extra budget of $70 million. And so one of the things that they most assuredly did was tune up that CG on those particular scenes that were not reshoots with Henry Cavill. Now, I don't know... If it's, if it's just Henry Cavill, uh, maybe it's his face all by itself. Maybe it has nothing to do with a CG'd eradication of a, of a mustache. Uh, Anthony talked about Cyborg's design, and I am in the same camp. I'm in the same boat, wherein I am, I'm not a fan of the polygon nature of Cyborg. But in my last and most recent watch through of Justice League, watching it all the way through to the end, you see uh, he he gets his cyborg body like he is fleshed out, whether it's through nanotechnology or whatever. He's there with his father and he gets fleshed out as cyborg. Now, that was at the very end of the movie. And he becomes a much more traditional cyborg like we know and love. Like the character that I identify most with with cyborg is the character from Teen Titans. And it's not all about physical appearance because the Teen Titans cyborg was a rambunctious. uh, He was loud. He was, you know, booyah. And this one just wasn't that. Like mentioned in the A-side of this Justice League recap from 2018, he was very somber and very morose and very stoic. And well, it makes sense with his character because he's been reconstructed from a human type person to a god knows what he is now. I I think you know, you ever get that that version of a character stuck in your head? It's so it's so completely ingrained and intertwined with what that character represents to you that any other representation or any other take on the character is just it's lackluster it's missing that thing that special whatever it is and and for me that was this character not to mention he looked like a robot with a face glued on like he was too much Cyborg, like he was too cybernetic. And that always makes me think of the Robocop when he took off his helmet and he's just got, it's just like his face tacked onto some metal and it just creeps me out. It's too uncanny valley. It's not where I want it to be. Ray Fisher's performance as Cyborg was amazing in the way that they wrote that character, but I think they wrote that character incorrectly. Another character that a lot of people didn't care for is uh, the villain Steppenwolf. Uh, They didn't like the way that he was designed. They didn't like uh, his motivations. They thought that he was, and as we now know, always kind of a sidekick. He was always kind of the second hand, the yes man to a greater villain. And in this case, we know that to be Darkseid, Darkseid now. Darkseid? Dark side, dark seed. Is it dark seed or dark side? I don't know. He plants the night that we all dream of, and the nightmares that come in it are those that should not be disrespected. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so Steppenwolf uh, got a major redesign, as we've seen in the previews. Um, the humor in the movie was another big con that people had noted. They said it seemed misplaced or out of character. Uh, Besides this version of Aquaman, very, very funny guy Uh, in the movies, very, I don't know, Jason Momoa, he has, he has just a a perfect balance of like that A-type asshole jock, but also he'll hang out with the nerds if, if he, if he wants to, Um, the Flash, Very good humor. Again, I would have preferred he be a little bit more cocky, a little bit more confident than this Flash. Though this is the first that we see of the Justice League together. So in some of these expectations, in my own expectations, in some of them it almost is as if we have placed too much of a burden on the justice league but warner brothers in simply the act of making this justice league they are the ones that put these expectations on our shoulders like there's so often the justice league is compared with the Avengers. And the reason that there are those comparisons, because it's a team-up movie, because the the team is at odds, and then they find their way through their differences to come together and fight for a united cause. And there's uh, moments of sacrifice, and, and there's all these things. And people always say that it works better in The Avengers. The moments are set up better, and the the, 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 the through threads and the plot lines are set up in a way that makes them impactful and meaningful, whereas the Justice League, it does not. And I would say that the Avengers had an easier time. And whether it was was by design of Warner Brothers or not, that this was the case, this was the case. Because the Avengers had these characters, they had their personalities lined up in previous movies, even if it was only... For a couple brief moments in Thor where Hawkeye appeared, we had already seen Hawkeye before. We knew what he was about. We knew he was a guy with a bow and arrow that had this association with this shadow organization of S.H.I.E.L.D. We knew all of this. And so when he appeared in The Avengers, he didn't need that much extra introduction. So the, the Justice League had an extra responsibility and duty to kind of define these characters even though they are very popular characters that one would think don't need an introduction the Justice League had to set them up it had to find a reason to put them all together and then not only put them together but explain who they were and kind of figure their stuff out so if the rumors are to be believed that the original Justice League that was released in 2018 was 70% rewrites, redirects, uh, and repurposing by Joss Whedon. Then we can safely assume that that was his movie. And then that they, that they put it out. Uh, and that this movie... It's got his name in it, Zack Snyder. So we have to then assume that this is now his movie. He owns this 100%. Now, if you recall, during the release of Batman versus Superman, there was all that talk of getting the Snyder cut of Batman versus Superman that the production team got in the way of him making his perfect movie. And I don't... I don't know if this is just the standard fallback for this guy now. He just claims he needs a remake. He, he, he needs his own cut. I mean, Man of Steel did very well. He never said that, oh yeah, I need the Snyder cut of Man of Steel because it did fine. So why would he need that excuse on his plate? He doesn't need it. And I don't know. I don't know. Like Anthony said, this thing is going to be four hours long. It's going to be a heaping... Helping moment. Oh, back to Cyborg. So he gets that body. He gets the 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 Cyborg body that we know and love at the end of this Justice League. And his dad is there helping him adjust this nanotechnology to make his body. And they both look very happy. It's kind of an epilogue type thing to the Steppenwolf arc. Now, in the previews to the Zack Snyder's Justice League, we're seeing scenes that we did not see in the movies and so we saw his dad, Victor Stone's father, messing around with the mother box inside a, a plastic cage or cube and then become vaporized. And so it, it, it makes you wonder, it makes you think, is that scene a scene that was intended to originally appear in the Justice League And if that's the case, was the scene where Cyborg got his true-to-form Cyborg body with his father at the end of Joss Whedon's Justice League also intended to be in there? And if that is the case, if those two truths exist simultaneously in this universe, then that means that that movie was not supposed to end where it did, and his father was supposed to die later after that most likely before the nightmare scene that we've been seeing so much of that. We saw that flash style premonition in Batman versus Superman, Superman. (laughs) If I wanted to make a knockoff superhero, I'd make a Superman. Uh, yeah, I, I think the nightmare scene. Now I think that there were enough plot threads in the Joss Whedon, justice league that could have done with some extra time as did anthony as you heard him heard him earlier and now if you haven't listened to his side his opinion on the old justice league movie you really do need to listen to that because that'll give you a clear picture of where this culture jack team stands and then when we get together uh next week you'll be able to to more readily get inside of our our heads as we uh as we dissect that new movie, because we are going to watch it uh, most likely this week or weekend. Ah, uh, the, the nightmare scene, though, I don't know how integral it will be to Zack Snyder's justice league. I, all of these new elements, dark seed and what's their name? Granny goodness that you see in the previews. Cause apparently there's a grandmother that's a, a a member of dark seeds uh i keep calling dark seeds dark side isn't it uh <laughs> a member of of his his allies all of that time could have been maybe better utilized in fleshing out the movie that we got in really better understanding character motivations now there are some things that probably aren't going to change. Yeah, some special effects will be tuned up. Some extra scenes will be added. That was $70 million. And of course, it's not all going to the mustache. It's going to Jared Leto being in the movie. More in that desert wasteland. Now, did Steppenwolf succeed in Zack Snyder's version? Like, are they are all in this wasteland. Most likely, this is not an alternate timeline or universe. Most likely, this is... A future in where Steppenwolf got all of the mother boxes together, created the unity, the heroes failed, and now they are in this apocalypse-style desert. And they are with the Joker, who is wearing not only a straight jacket, but also a police uniform. I don't know what's going on. It feels like, to me, that... Zack Snyder is simultaneously rewriting trying to remake the Justice League or a better version of the Justice League. Well, at the same time, he is trying to make a new Justice League. Now, Zack Snyder and the people at Warner Brothers have talked about this not being canon. So the Zack Snyder Justice League is a one-off. It is just what it is. You're, you're going to get it. You're going to get his version of the movie, and hopefully it's going to be good. But then we're all going to sit back and relax. Now, if you think of the cost, the extra $70 million for all of us to see a movie that we saw already, and if you think about the cost of one of the Disney Plus shows, which Anthony Mackie alluded to them being hundreds of millions of dollars, a $70 million price tag for a draw to a four hour movie on a subscription service like HBO max that is struggling more so than other subscription services. I'd say they're getting a good deal out of Zack Snyder's justice league. And to go further, yes, Zack Snyder's justice league is not canon. The Joss Whedon cut is canon. However, If this is a big enough draw, if this can boost subscription service or subscription sales enough, is there a future in which the executives at HBO Max, at Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder, and the rest of the gang go, Oh, by the way, this is canon. This is the truest form of the DCEU lore, and this is The movie that is going to kick off the rest of the DCEU. Now it's going to be connected. We are going to get Zack Snyder in Justice League 2. Or it's just, just the swan song of a man who wants you to see his completed work. I don't think that's the case. I think there's something cheeky up Mr. Zack Snyder's sleeve. But that's what I think about that movie. I like that movie. It was... Like, it wasn't great. The special effects in a lot of areas could use some work. There were some superflu- superfluous plot devices and choices that didn't need to be made. But overall, it was okay. It was o- A movie doesn't have to be great to be okay. And it was an okay movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just okay. And the thing I like about Justice League and uh, that I like about the DCEU superheroes, and I've said it before, is even though the characters in the MCU, in the Avengers, are not grounded characters, they have nerfed all of their power sets. They're all a lot less powerful than they are uh, to their comic book counterparts. And that's fine. We still get a fantastic show. We still get some very exciting things. But the characters in Justice League, in Batman vs. Superman, in Aquaman, in Wonder Woman, in the Man of Steel, are gods like they have a power set that is supposed to feel outrageous and bombastic and just otherworldly and inhumanly and I like that I like that a lot about the Justice League so I hope they do well on this story and if if Zack Snyder's Justice League is worth all the hype I hope he gets to go on and continue in his universe. Otherwise, I don't know. Matt Reeves, I guess we're waiting on your Batman to see if that can really kick things off. And who's that going to be? Oh, it's already, it's already, uh, what's his, what's his fellow. I've gone on long enough. This is the, this is the justice league recap. Now, as a reminder, if you did not listen to Anthony's other side of the Wednesday special, the Justice League Recap Discussion Expectation Podcast, make sure that you do that. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the news desk. Make sure that you tune in Friday for the Friday show. Saturday, we've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming, and Anthony's going to be doing the recaps on those. Then on Sunday, the Weekend Wire, and Monday, the Monday Madness. Man, we've got a full lineup for you. If you would be so kind, we are working so hard to make sure that we get out good content for you regularly. Please subscribe, leave a review, get in contact with us at Culture Jacked on Facebook or Twitter, or you can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Be sure to let us know, what are you anticipating most in the Zack Snyder Justice League? If Of course, you listen to this after you watch that. Maybe you'll be like, these guys are idiots. Or maybe you'll be like, these guys are prophetic and they're geniuses. Anyway, that's all I've got for the weekend special. The weekend, the what? The what special? The midweek special. The Wednesday special. Anyway, that's all for me. Signing out. (laughs) Dustin with Culture Chat. Goodbye.